from the Cats Audio Network. This is Cats Today with Louie Butko. Yes, it is Cats Today for a Tuesday, October the 4th, 2022. Thanks for checking us out here on the Cats Audio Network. Louie Butko here with you, getting you set for Friday's game, Cats Saskatchewan. Yeah, this one... A big one for the Tiger Cats as uh, as of right now. It is the Saskatchewan Rough Riders currently holding the third playoff spot in the East Division. Uh, that's due to the crossover. Yeah, they're they have a better record than the Tiger Cats. However, the Tiger Cats have a game in hand. Saskatchewan's played fifteen. Tiger Cats have played fourteen. Uh, if the Tiger Cats win this one, they'll move up to ten points with a game in hand, two points back, and. Saskatchewan has to finish with an outright better record than the Ticats do. So this is a huge game uh, coming on this Friday, and hopefully you can join us. Uh, Ticats.ca slash tickets is where you can go to find your tickets, and uh, and hopefully you can join us for the game, of course, uh, but also for the Wall of Honor induction ceremony, the dinner that's happening the night before on Thursday, and again, Ticats.ca for details on that one coming up on today's show, we got a busy one. We'll hear from Coach O in just a second. We'll hear from Micah Johnson, and we'll hear from Tyler Tarnowski as well. And later on, we'll be joined by the Hamilton Spectators, Steve Milton, to get us set for this huge game on Friday. In the meantime, during practice, a couple of transactions coming down the pike here uh, for the Tie Cats. Uh, one of them, uh, they announced that they've acquired American defensive lineman Cedric Wilcots II from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in exchange for American defensive back Alden Darby Jr. Yeah, Alden Darby Jr., uh, who signed with the Ticats this offseason, going back to Saskatchewan, where he uh, spent the last two seasons. Uh, in the meantime, Ticats getting back uh, Hendrick Wilcots II. He's 25. He's suited up in 10 games this season for the Blue Bombers, uh, where he's got two defensive tackles in those games. He's a native of Dallas, Texas. Uh, played three seasons at New Mexico State University. So that was one transaction the Ticats announced during practice today. The other, uh, they've signed American defense back, uh, defensive lineman excuse me, McKinley Williams. Uh, the 24-year-old most recently spent time with the NFL's Indianapolis Colts. Uh, he's a native of Florida. He played 61 games over six seasons at Syracuse. So Ticats staying busy during practice, bringing in a couple of bodies uh, and uh, sending Alden Darby Jr. to Winnipeg. So for more on that, let's hear from the head coach and president of football operations. I asked him about these uh, two transactions off the top, starting with the uh, Wilcots acquisition. Yeah, I think he's a guy that uh, has proven he can he can impact uh, games. He's a guy that uh, obviously is well thought of in that organization. And, um, you know, some of these things don't happen exactly um, the way you envision it. You know, I'm not going to get into the details of how everything went down, but uh, he was a player that uh, obviously was involved. And, um, yeah, so we uh, were excited to, to acquire him. Yeah, so, again, we're always, we're always looking to add depth and bring in people to compete. And uh, he's a guy that's been on the radar for a little while. Personnel department had him ID'd early on. And, you know, sometimes it's just a matter of when they're, they're willing to come up. It's not, I mean, you can want somebody for a long time, a year, two years, two months. It doesn't mean that they're, they're willing or their agents are willing to bring them up. So there's so many other things that go into it. It just so happened we were able to hit on this one at this time also. They're going to be prepared. They're going to play hard. They're going to be exactly what they put on tape. Uh, I think they're well coached. Uh, they're going to pull out all the stops, and that's what we expect from them. Like, it's, it's always that battle. 
and uh, you know past that you know the focus comes right back to ourselves so uh, we know what we know what we're in store for and uh, looking forward to the challenge absolutely there's there's, there's urgency you know we understand uh, you know there's less and less games available um, and you know it's time we win that's, that's what it is so absolutely there's urgency yeah just you know first of all congratulations Danny you know he's uh, he's been a great friend over the years and you know, obviously he was a great teammate. Uh, we had a lot of great leaders on that 98, 99 Grey Cup teams, but there's one player that we wouldn't have won it with, without, rather, and that's Danny. And he just was a unique, a unique leader, a unique person. He was fun, he was business. Uh, he never wanted to be in front of the lines. He never shied away from competition. He'd take hits, uh, he'd always take the blame. Never and you know always give credit, um, or he would always take the blame and, and uh, you know you know he just wouldn't take credit. So uh, it's well deserved and it's not just deserved; it's earned. He earned this, and so I'm excited for him and his family. And you know he's going to be you know etched in the Hamilton history, and he deserves it. He he totally deserves it. So I'm excited for him. And I know um, if you went up here and you rattled everybody through that played with him, they'd echo that same sentiment in their own ways. So. Yeah, congratulations, Danny, and I'm, I'm super excited for him. That is Orlando Steiner, head coach, president of football operations, as we got up with him after practice. And just a reminder, full scrums available at tightcats.ca. And uh, tightcats.ca, he mentioned Danny Mack there at the end, uh, is where you can find tickets for Thursday's Wall of Honor induction ceremony. Uh, hopefully you can join us. A lot of alumni scheduled to attend, including a uh, rumor going around. Uh, Darren Flutie will be there and uh, – uh, if you if you follow Darren Flutie, he has not been back in a very long time, so it would be a big deal to uh, get to see him and uh, tons of other alumni. The '72 uh, team will celebrate their 50th reunion, uh, and again, TyCats.ca is where you can go for tickets for that dinner and for the game. Because as we mentioned, it is a huge game uh, this week happening with the uh, the TyCats and Rough Riders Friday. Uh, should be a good one. And TyCats.ca slash tickets. Uh, hopefully you can join us then. Hey, TyCats fans, it's time to ride on our strength. From now until October 13th, we're just four eligible Hercules passenger or light truck tires to receive a $100 TyCats rewards card and be entered to win our road trip sweepstakes available at participating Active Green and Ross Ontario locations or visit HerculesTires.com slash A-G-R rewards. All right, back to uh, post-practice. We had a chance to catch up with Micah Johnson. Uh, and uh, the, the one message I've been hearing a lot lately is that, that yeah, this is a 4-10 football team, but it doesn't feel like a 4-10 football team, especially around the locker room, in and outside of the stadium here. Uh, so I asked Micah Johnson about that, whether this is a 4-10 football team. Here's what he had to say. I mean, we are a 4-10 football team. I don't think um, you know we can run from that reality, but it's just um, we still believe we're a good football team, we're a capable football team. Um, the amount of work you put in, all the blood, sweat, and tears, it doesn't guarantee you wins um, on Fridays and Saturdays. But we know we work every week, so we just bank on ourselves and we understand how much we work and we um, bank on the work. You know, that's going to get us some wins. We just have to continue to do it. So, I mean, guys work hard every week. Guys are dialed in. Guys are focused. Um, we haven't got the good breaks this year. We've had a lot of issues. But at the end of the day, um, we still believe in the talent on the team. We still believe in the guys in the locker room. You know, we just have to uh, learn how to finish. I mean, it's almost impossible not to look at it like a playoff game, you know what I mean? Um, 
you know, we're going to keep fighting and clawing, you know, to, um, you know what I'm saying, until we're eliminated. And even if that was happening, we still fight and claw. But at the end of the day, you know, we're still alive. So we're coming in. Um, SAS is the next game. They're the ones we have to go through. So for us, man, we just got to, you know, to keep keep pounding, um, keep grinding, and just try to limit the, the, the self-inflicted mistakes. I kind of feel like that's haunted us a lot of times this year. A lot of times um, we beat ourselves. Not to take nothing away from any other team, but, you know what I'm saying, it's just facts. Um, I think it just starts with the coaching staff. Um, Coach O does a great job laying the foundation every day, um, talking to us. Um, it's, a, it's, it's great leadership from up top with Coach O. So for us, you know, the fact that he comes in week after week and then, um, then believes in us, you know, it's almost inspiring. Um, he never wavers. He never loses faith in us. You know, every week he recharges and comes back in and attacks us and challenges us, you know, the same week as last week, and he never loses hope. So. It's kind of easy for us to fall suit when, you know, the coaching staff isn't finger pointing at us. Um, coaching staff isn't blaming the players. Everybody's still believing. And it's a positive message um, consistently. And um, I, I feel like so when that's going on in the building, you know, just nothing but positive energy. It's kind of hard, you know, and obviously we all human. Um, frustration can sink in. Then, you know, coach talks about it being okay to be frustrated, you know what I'm saying? But just having negative negative thoughts and um, negative energy, bro, it ain't, it's, it's, not, it's not none of that over here. Um, just typical, typical SAS, um, a lot of different off offensive uh, formations, a lot of different offensive personnel, um, a lot of two back, a lot of three back, um, a lot of pulling, a lot of power game, a lot of run. Um, so for us, it's just really about stopping the run, winning on first downs. Um, you know what Cody can do, scrambler type of guy. So for us, it's just really about just winning first downs, kind of trying to contain him, keep him in the pocket. And that is Micah Johnson getting set to go up against his uh, former team in the Rough Riders this week. Uh, one more piece of sound before we get to our guest, uh, the Hamilton Spectator, Steve Milton. Uh, we had a chance to catch up with Tyler Ternowski, a good Hamilton boy. Uh, and, uh, you know, he, he still I, – I confirmed with this – you know, he, he's been working with uh, the Ticats Mentorship Program, but he's also just coaching at Sir Allen McNabb and uh, has such a passion for, uh, you know, his high school and for what he does. Uh, I had to ask, you know, whether even, you know, two years into this thing, uh, you know, being a, a, a part of this team, does he still take a moment, stop it, and realize how far he's come uh, to be playing basically in his backyard? Uh, here's what he had to say to that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I think that kind of moment happens for me more in, like, the warm-ups and when we run out, like, through the tunnel to start the game. But once those, once you, like, cross that white line for that first play, like, it's football. Like, same level that I've been playing since I was a little kid. It's just, it's still ball. That's kind of what I was. I liked talking to people uh, last night about kind of, like, the Grey Cup and how, like, overwhelming emotions can kind of negate your play at some time. So, me thinking that mindset of it's just ball at the end of the day like it's just football so I don't want to get in that big moments in my head you know honestly I wouldn't say anything like he has really like changed differently like he's still like he was still a dog like at the week one to or week 16 17 or 15 now like it's still that same dog it's just like unfortunate plays that didn't go our way and I wouldn't say that he hasn't really changed. He's still the same guy. It's just we're just executing better now as a whole like group as an offense too. So, oh yeah, Key, dude, Key's grown not just as like a player but as a man. In the uh, past few months he's been here, everyone sees it, everyone knows it, and it's just it's awesome to see. And 
the play after Montreal, that was just another growth spurt that, like, everyone's got to go through, kind of. Like, he was just trying to make a play. Maybe not the right scenario to try and make that play, but that's a first, like, first-year player. He's just got to learn, and that's all right. Every, like, learning moments, it sucks that it happened when it did, but you can't really control that. But, no, nah, the, conf- the confidence that not only, like, our group has in him, but the team has in him, he knows it, so... It was a uh, bro, like you're good. Like he, you know, Keon just confident as, as anyone. So you know, he's good. He's good. Yeah, Tim's just Tim's just a dog. He's a freak athlete. Got the speed and explosiveness of a cheetah. I swear. But no, nah, he's like, he's that guy that he won't really like. He won't post nothing about him working. He won't really talk about him working. He'll just go out and play. And that's that's what we need. We need ballers, and Tim's a baller. So. Yeah, it's nice having that around. And that's Tyler Ternowski as we caught up with him after practice today. All right, very pleased now to be joined by the Hamilton Spectator, Steve Milton. And uh, uh, Milty, we heard it from Coach O, confirming that there's some urgency. Uh, we heard it from Micah Johnson there, confirming that uh, they're treating this like a playoff game. This is a must-win game for the Tiger Cats, is it not? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely must win. I mean, if you you take a look at it uh, they got a game in hand uh, Hamilton has a game in hand so if they win that one they sort of only have to to to, to really uh, make up that game in hand and they'll they'll have uh, they'll prevent the crossover and get third place assuming that they you know they you know well take they have to win it yeah they, they take care of business they pretty well uh, if they win out they're in yeah. right but there's been no evidence that they're going to win four in a row two in a row let alone four in a row Louis uh, I mean well uh Dan put it yesterday. He's like, they got to win on the road. They haven't yeah. even done that this year. No, yeah. I mean, it's... It's an anomaly team. You've covered this team a yeah. few years. We've done this together now for seven or eight years. Mm-hmm. This one this one seems different. I mean, the bad teams were bad. This... this yeah. This, the, isn't this, this isn't... I mean, I, I would say the 1997 team, you saw some hopes. Uh, that was a 2-16 and 16 team, and, and, but the defense was so so good, you thought if they could get any kind of offense, they might be okay. You didn't really know. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I couldn't have come close to predicting this is where they'd be at. It, it sort of started to fall apart on the first day with, with the turnovers and, you know, big mistakes and the same kind of second half, fourth quarter falter, and it's just continued right up until, the, you know, what game was that? It was the last one, 14th. Yeah, 14th game. So that's where they're sitting right now. And, uh, well, they've earned their 4-10 and 10 by what they've done. Not necessarily the talent that's on the roster, and they have been hit hard by injuries, uh, you know, but so have a lot of teams. Uh, reason to be encouraged going into this game? Reason to be optimistic from what you've seen uh, these, this, these days in practice? I would say the way they're blocking on the offensive line, and by that I would also include whoever's playing in the backfield. You know, there's three or four different guys that have been in the backfield that have come up. They've added extra tight ends at times. I'd, I'd probably like to see them do it more often. I think they should have done it more often in the Montreal game in the second half. Um, but And Dane too, has played two pretty good games in a row, so I think he's feeling pretty good about himself. You're getting, uh, you're getting. Uh, it looks like Anthony Johnson back. Uh, we won't know for sure, probably till till uh, the day before the game, and that's a big thing because he's big. I was about to say, you, uh, you might remember him from the fumble on his first catch, but later that game, he made a great touchdown, yeah. and it cannot be understated that, especially Dane, who has mentioned it before, that offensive line sometimes looking over them, he appreciates a, a big body out there. Yeah, and especially when he has to change his throwing angles or look from the side or underneath your right. Teams try to fill a lane against a guy like uh, the passing lane, and they do against everybody, but particularly against a guy like uh, 
against Dane, and you saw uh, when he had his uh, um, when he had the last good game that he that he he was able to avoid that, uh, and and to have an extra tall receiver uh, will help on that one too. I think he likes throwing to him. He can see him. Uh, the guy's got uh, good good experience. He's tough. Uh, he's going to be hungry now. Whether all those games off, I don't think he's played in seven weeks or something like that. Maybe eight. Uh, so that that could make some difference. Uh, speaking of making some difference, uh, a lot of people had him locked in as the. Uh most outstanding special teams player the first few weeks. We've seen him back out here the last couple of days. Uh, coach obviously not making a determination on him, but we're talking about Lawrence Woods here. That would be huge, wouldn't it? Be massive. And, and, and you know, they, as you and I were talking before, uh, off mic, uh, I'm not sure that the return by committee thing works. I think people got to get in the groove. I think everybody's got to know who's back there catching the ball, who's got it on the offside kick, and all of those kinds of things, on the weak side kick, all of those kinds of things. And, I mean, he was really on his way to what was probably going to be, certainly out of the East and maybe for the whole league, a hands-down victory for uh, special teams player of the year. And he, when you talk to him privately, he says, well, you know, I still got four more games to add to that. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, when you look at his yardage, his, his combined yardage, and he doesn't have a single yard from scrimmage. Uh, and it's it's just pretty amazing what he'd been doing. It was a threat to score every time. And really, I think you got to be sure you can, you know, like you want to have that uh, that return team. They've been hit so hard by injuries, uh, both on coverage and return, that uh, you know it, they. I don't think they've really been able to count on them for some of the big plays that they'd they'd uh, hope to make this year. Uh, sometimes when a, a trade happens, especially at this point of the season, there's a, there's a little bit of shock or surprise. Uh, you and I just kind of shrugged when when an email came through this yeah. this morning. Uh, that being Alden Darby, uh, obviously, just didn't fit here. Yeah, I'll miss him. He was, yeah. he was terrific to have around. I mean, it's great for us, you know. And, and you can see with his teammates, really good teammate. Never really got down uh, with the fact that he was always the odd man left out. He got hit hard by the DI situation. I think he would have been the DI many, many more times, or DA, I guess they're calling it now, designated American. Uh, but because they're using an American uh, kicker, they 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 had to go. You know, they didn't have the spot for a defensive backfield. That's two defensive backfielders in a week. I mean, uh, Desmond Lawrence as well, right? So that uh, have left and and it tells you about something about the depth uh, of that they've got on the team and that perhaps that Evans potentially could be ready to come back shortly. And and uh, but I mean. It's a very talented group, but but uh, I think they've got to firm up a little bit too, particularly in the fourth quarter. They've they've let some things happen in the second half of of, of many games in the last half of the season that uh, shouldn't be happening. Uh, before I let you go here, Melty, uh, Danny Mack, and I've, you've connected with him. Uh, I mean, we we've seen these celebrations, you know, with the Grey Cup here. There was the reunion uh, in 2019, that 20 year reunion. But I mean, to actually see Danny Mack, to see that name. Go up on the wall of honor, uh, especially for someone who, who who remembers those days. What what do you what do you think? Well, sometimes it surprised me, and I told him that when I was talking to him earlier in the week. Uh, that that uh, you know he played here what seven years, I think. Uh, and, you know, and and was was brilliant for for certainly the first four of those. I mean, I mean eight years straight, I think, with uh, four thousand yards, rebounded from a from the bankruptcy season when they were uh, one and 17 and that that only one was in over, overtime didn't have a good year that year next year three for 5000 yards second time in his in his career and that was really at near the end of it because he only had really another year yeah. left in him uh, and he always considered Hamilton home from the day he got here he, you know I, it wasn't in the story that I'm writing about him but he he talked a lot about um, 
he knew when Lancaster got here, and Lancaster said that defense is good enough that if we get any kind of offense, we can win the Grey Cup. And that Lancaster, this was so close to his home in Pennsylvania that he knew that Lancaster would be here for a while. So when he and Flutie were talking about, Darren Flutie and I, he were, he were talking about, they said, you know, this could be a long-term home of something really good happening. He he actually felt they should have won more times than, than they did. They probably should have been in the Grey Cup three years in a row. Uh, they they beat no, Yeah, in 2010. That's when Danny had just an astounding season that year. Yeah. Um, to that point, I mean, he really embraced the community aspect of this and, yeah. and loved going out, you know, the hospital. He, he always, that's one of the first things he always talks about is, is, is being able to be a part of this community. Very much a feet-on-the-ground guy. You know, uh, still to this day. Yeah, O was talking. Orlando was talking about him earlier, teammate, uh, and, and how uh, he was touched. Uh, and I had related to O that when I talked to Danny, he talked about when they won the Grey Cup in 1999. The thing that that he liked the most was watching the guys from the '97 team, which included Orlando, who had been two and seventeen. Except that's how far they came in two years, really in one year, because they should could have won the Grey Cup the year before they lost it on the last play so uh uh and orlando got almost a little choked up about it to hear it so that's so danny that's so feet on the ground that's who he is cares about a lot of people he didn't always want he didn't want to be he he didn't mind driving the bus but he didn't want anybody to know who was driving the bus i talked about this with tony gabriel too uh it's really the bob young era we talk about that a lot here but the effort that they've made to reconnect to the alumni it, it's been it's been noticed and appreciated by the alumni at least the ones i've talked to yeah and and that was a big thing with young right from the start and at first i when he talked about it i thought oh boy you know like come on you know like like what are you were you selling something here from 1984 or something like but really he, he was on to something he recognized the value of a lot of things that were going on around here and one of which was the sort of goodwill in the community that the team players had always had here and that it wasn't being maximized in any way, not just monetarily, mm. but in, in, in goodwill, which is, I guess, monetarily, in a way, it turns into something. And you can see what it's turned into. Uh, I think there's still more, you know, I, I think they can still do more, but they, they just, they do what, what they can for the alumni here. And I think the alumni are very thankful, and therefore, it creates a continuity. Uh, one of the problems here had been partly because of ownership over the years, uh, but and you see it now. You see when they're four and ten. I don't know how many emails you get, but I get a zillion saying they got to fire this guy, that guy, that guy, that guy. And I, I look at it and say, well, that's the whole organization. <laughs> so the problem—that's a—that's a, a complete disregard for the problems of the past here. And those that repeat history or want history repeated will, or will, will of course repeat it. And and if they don't learn the lessons, and that is continuity matters. And that you can see that in the alumni association. All the all the emails uh, calling on the media, the manager of media. To, to quit that that those are for me though so as <laughs> <laughs> uh, he sits beside us here uh melty thanks for doing this appreciate it okay louis and my thanks to steve milton for joining me today and my thanks to you as well because you know what we could not do the show without your support so uh, we very much appreciate it uh you could win a trip to the tie cats october 29th away game in ottawa with journey rewards simply at tiecats.ca slash journey dash rewards to enter to win two tickets on via rail hotel and game tickets plus a chance at other prizes, including an autographed Ticats jersey or $250 gift card to the Ticats shop. Go on the road with the Ticats to Ottawa with Journey 
rewards. All right, that'll do it for me today. That'll actually do it for me this week. Uh, I'm off the rest of the week. RJ Broadhead uh, will be filling in. Uh, looking forward to, to hearing what RJ's got and uh, looking forward to reconnecting with you guys, uh, our loyal listeners, uh, after this weekend's game. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, and in the meantime, make sure to check back tomorrow, same time, same place, same show. Different host uh, with RJ and uh, produced by David Butko. So I'll leave that with them and uh, should be a great time. You can catch me later this week on a brand new episode of Speaking with the Enemy and just a, a shameless self-promotion here. Uh, you can catch us, uh, the CHCH uh, Morning Live. We're on the road. We're in Kitchener on Thursday uh, for Oktoberfest. So that's where I'll be uh, if you're looking for me. And hopefully I still have a voice by then. Uh, on behalf of all of us here, I'm Louis Butko, hoping you have a great day. TieCast Today can be heard every weekday, and we would like to hear from you. Email us at gameday at TieCats.ca. Have a question or an opinion? We want to hear it. That's gameday at TieCats.ca. Subscribe to the TieCats Audio Network on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.